The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome to a Monday night edition of WTMJ Nights, the post-Super Bowl edition, the day that most of us believe should be a national holiday, because really, who wants to worry about getting up and going to work after you've been gouging, uh, gorging yourself with all sorts of food and watching what uh, I thought was a really, really good game. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the commercial. we got to talk about the commercials because Tommy and I were uh, teasing that last week. We're going to have a local group uh, that is... Going, I'm going to see them at Mardi Gras. It's very exciting. So a lot to get to. Uh, if you want to get involved, I hope you do. The Old National Bank Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. When you call in, you'll be talking to Tommy. He's the executive producer of the big broadcast. To uh, get to me, be nice to him. You know the drill. Uh, our text question of the night, what was your highlight from last night's game? What was your highlight from last night's game? And if you didn't watch the game, what was your highlight that kept you from watching the game? Either way, we want to know what you were doing last night and what you did to have a good time. That's the text question of the night. Tommy, big, big night last night. Did I know you watched the game. Oh, yeah, definitely. I thought it was a great game. Great game. I really, I was, I was glued to it not only because I knew we were going to be talking about the commercials, but I, I did anticipate that this was going to be a good game. And I don't think anybody who watched it was let down unless you're an Eagles fan with the last uh, the last big call in with two minutes left. Yeah, definitely a letdown for them at the end of it. But overall, as a neutral fan, you can't ask for a better Super Bowl than that. I don't think. No, it was there was a lot of action there. the The teams went tit for tat with scoring. There were big plays. It was. Uh, I found. Uh, I, I realized I had to. Uh, I had to pull a little bit for the Eagles because my wife reminded me she was born in Philadelphia, even though I think she was only there for about a day and a half. But uh, she decided that since she had been technically born in Philadelphia, she was going to root for the Eagles. Uh, so she was disappointed. But I found myself cheering for both teams when they were doing because I, like you, I was a neutral fan. So I any good play, I was like, oh, man, check that out. So it was... Overall, I thought it was great. We'll talk about it a little more, but first, uh, once again, a flying object has been shot down. This one passed right over us here in Wisconsin. I hope you were outside and flipped it off. You probably didn't even know it was coming. But it went over uh, parts of Door County, northern Lake Michigan. Um, that's where they were closing off airspace. But this was the fourth object shot down in as many days. And just a week, just a week after the Chinese one got shot down, we don't know much. I was going over all the uh, the details of what they say we know about this apparatus. Not much. We do know that the object was first detected by radar Saturday afternoon, about seventy miles north of the border in Canada. F fifteen fighter jets were dispatched. This is the one the other day. Um, the third object shot down, and oh, that third object. Sorry, it was the fourth total. But uh, then yesterday was the one that was shot down over Lake Huron. That was the one they closed Lake Michigan airspace because this thing was pretty low, and 
They didn't know what was happening. So shot it down. There's it's it's just getting crazy. I don't now the reason I don't think this is China again is because China got all bent out of shape when we shot down the one over the East Coast. Uh, so China hasn't said anything unless this is their evil plan, that they are going to keep sending things, we're going to keep shooting them down, and something else something else is going on, right? Do we believe that the only thing being sent over are these little, um, little objects, like oblong objects? They were that are smaller than the Chinese spy balloon that they got. Uh, it's just a little cylindrical object. We, we don't honestly believe that that's all they're sending over, do we? I know I don't. Not to be a conspiracy theorist. I also don't think it's aliens. Tommy, I don't know. There was a lot of questions yesterday to authorities whether it might be extraterrestrial. Your thoughts on the extraterrestrial angle? Uh, I'm just glad they did not interrupt the Super Bowl. That That's where I was with it. Yeah, Come anytime after that. Just not on Super Bowl Sunday. Ah, all right, okay, I get it. You're right. That would have that would have really thrown things off. That would have sent America into a tizzy. That would that would have crippled the nation. If we didn't get to see Rihanna, or we didn't get to uh, you know see any of the other pageantry that surrounds the Super Bowl. Uh, note that the object, uh, 262, saying shot down over North Lake here on Sunday uh, was an F-16 scramble from Madison. I do know that, uh, piloted by someone from the Minnesota National Guard. So they're from their 148th Fighter Wing. So that was kind of a combo platter from Wisconsin to Minnesota to take that thing down. Um, the military is now recalibrating its radar, which I think they should have done a long time ago to account for smaller objects, and the heightened awareness uh, also may account for the increased number of sightings. Oh, so wait a minute. Well, now that we're, there could have been a million of them before, but now we're actually looking for them. So now that we're looking for them, guess what? We're we're finding them. Uh, Okay, that's kind of nerve-wracking. I don't like the fact that we weren't calibrated for this, and so who knows? Now, Now you have to ask, how many did we miss? If we're just recalibrating down, some responses to the text question of the night, which is, what was your highlight from last night's game? From the 414, eating cheese curds with three exclamation points. I'm guessing that means a lot of cheese curds. A lot of cheese curds. Jeff from Fox Point says, I read a book and watched Your Honor instead of watching the game. The episode had a good plot twist and some amusing but Slightly disturbing cannoli enthusiasm. I watched Your Honor last night too, but after the game, uh, yes, the cano- I wasn't sure about the whole cannoli scene, but no spoilers here. From the two six two, I was disappointed in two plays near the end of last night's game. Casey opting not to take the easy TD and uh, depend on their defense. Two Philly not trying to build a fortress around. Uh, Hurt and letting him try to run all the way for the winning TD on the last play. We're going to talk about that uh, that touchdown play in a minute, Tommy. I want to get your thoughts on that, too, because I have some thoughts. Peggy says, I won $150 in a pool, and I was happy the Chiefs won. Those are two good highlights from last night. Um, my highlight, this is from Doug. As I said last week, I had Chiefs. Very smart play at the end. One 800 Profitable night. Nice. Nice, nice. We had a, uh, you weren't here, Tommy, but we had a uh, sports betting analyst on, a friend of mine who works for Fox Sports. Oh, that's and he sick. Was giving us, 
Yeah, he was giving us a lot of uh, insight into betting. And you know how much of his advice I took? Zero. Nothing. Uh, had I taken it, had I gone with my gut, my gut was to bet the over, I would have won. Um, I did, however, win one of the squares at school. So I bet 20, I won 50. Pretty good. Yeah, worth it. Yeah, listen, I, f- I feel good about it. It's better better than I've done on the lotto. So, you know, my degenerate nature pays off for a little bit. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the game. If you have thoughts about it, jump in. We'll we'll do a little. This is uncharacteristic for me at night, but we're going to do a little sports talk. Just a little sports talk about last night's game. We had fun. 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. It's Brian Noonan. This is WTMJ Nights. Yellow diamonds in the light. And we're standing side by side. As your shadow oh, crossed mine. All right, we're going to talk a little Super Bowl because... It was all everybody was talking about yesterday. For some people who hold out, they don't like the Super Bowl, they don't watch sports, that's cool. I've There have been years that I've missed it for various reasons. I wanted to watch it last night because, uh, one, I thought it would be a good game, and two, I knew we'd be talking about it tonight. Um, so, you know, let's start at the beginning. First of all, there's always uh, talk about people doing the national anthem and trying to uh, really jazz it up and make it their own. I thought Chris Stapleton's version of the National Anthem was one of the top I've ever seen. It was one guy, one guitar, and he just he nailed it. There was a little bluesy tinge to it. It was great. If you get a chance, um, go find it online and listen. It was it was really good. I don't know, Tommy, maybe you can pull that up a little bit. I forgot to ask you to do that. All right, I'll find but, it. Uh, maybe you can find that. But I thought that was great. Uh, Babyface doing America the Beautiful I thought was good. Everything so leading up to the game, you know, we've got the uh, the Pat Tillman scholars, all of that stuff. It was uh, it was all the pomp and circumstance that you want from your Super Bowl, and then the game starts, and man, Philly jumps out to a seven nothing lead right away, and I was like, oh boy, this is this is gonna be rough, but nope, back and forth the entire game, and all right, I I don't know how. Badly, if at all, Patrick Mahomes was injured. I know he was still rehabbing from the high ankle sprain, but the way he came back, the way he came back in that second half, uh, uh, maybe it's adrenaline, maybe it's the fact that he's an unbelievable competitor. All of those things combined, he's a uh, world-class athlete, but, man, he sure didn't look hurt. And it was, it was a great game. We could talk about the Super Bowl or the the halftime show because that's Tommy was playing some Rihanna and that was the halftime show. I I was embarrassed at first because the sh- the halftime show comes on and um you know there's Rihanna and I'm looking at her and I I immediately thought to myself I think she's pregnant. But I thought if I said that to my wife right away she would she would think I was trying to shame Rihanna. That uh, maybe, you know, she'd put on a couple pounds or she hadn't lost her baby weight from, you know, she just had a baby nine months ago. So she's having Irish Irish twins. And I was like, all right, do I say something? And then finally I was like, hey, um, do you think it looks like Rihanna might be pregnant? 
And my wife's like, I don't think so. And she Googles it. No, she just had a baby nine months ago, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, yeah, but look. And all of a sudden, my wife goes, oh, my God, it's trending on Twitter. Everybody's asking the same question. Then, of course, it came out that uh, she is, in fact, pregnant. So that's uh, very nice. Tommy, did you watch the halftime show? Oh, yeah, I did. What did you think of it? I think that it was one of the better halftime shows I can remember seeing. Really? Yes. All right, I'm going to disagree. I, I could tell by the tone, I think, that we were going to disagree on this. And that's fine. We can disagree. I it's I thought it was very low energy. Uh, now, I get it. She's, she's pregnant. I also, I know everybody lip syncs, but a lot of performers seem to at least try to match up. There were a number of times where uh, Riri just kind of walked away from the microphone before notes were done and stuff. And I didn't, while I like the floating part, I didn't quite understand why everybody in the desert was dressed like they were on some Arctic expedition. I didn't understand the big coats. Uh, I didn't understand the Oompa Loompa vibe that she had as she rose up above it. I liked the visual of her floating in the stadium. I thought that was kind of cool. And I'm a sucker for... I'm a sucker for fireworks, so I like, I like that. But um, yeah, and you know, I admittedly I don't know a lot of her music. I know some of the big hits which she did, um, "Shine Bright Like a Diamond," "Umbrella," that kind of thing. But um, it just seemed kind of low energy, you uh, know. Oof, Man, I don't know. I thought the choreography was awesome the entire time. All the dancers were phenomenal and dancing for 13 straight minutes or whatever the hell they were doing right, like but that. imagine if they weren't there just look at rihanna's performance i thought she sang pretty well about her i, I thought oh, i thought it sounded i thought it sounded good i thought the visuals were awesome and it's way better than trying too hard like some other people have done in the past i did like the fact that it, it was just her you know, I kept waiting for some guests to come out because there had been rumors of, you know, who was going to join her on stage. I liked that nobody joined her on stage, that she just took control and did it. Um, it was, like, I didn't think it was horrible. I just wasn't blown away by it. I thought she also, they made it very friendly for television. That's what it looked like. I wonder what it would have felt like in the stadium because the performance itself seemed very eyed for cameras. Oh yeah, well it's all it's just a well it's a 13 minute commercial for Rihanna. You know, so they're going to do she's going to do whatever she can to get Right, eyes it, on it wasn't even Pepsi this year. It wasn't a Pepsi no. halftime. Did you notice that? It was Apple it's, Music? It's Apple Music. Yeah. Yeah. So the Apple uh that's I, I and I heard today this is this, I heard this I forget where, but um Apple, they don't get, we all knew that the performers don't get paid. So I thought maybe Apple paid her, but no, Apple doesn't pay her. Apple just does promote, cover, covers promotional stuff. So, and the NFL doesn't pay. So she, you know, she wasn't paid to be there. The publicity and everything else is where they, you know, they put the dollar value on that and say, well, see, but you're going to get this much of a bump, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, all right. We have, we differ a little bit on the halftime show. It was fine. Comes off the second half start starts and Kansas City just goes crazy. 
Offensively, everything's going good. All right. I watched that play, the holding play, that cost, um, that basically cost the Eagles the game. Right, at the end? At the end. I watched it, uh, you know, all the replays that they were putting up. I watched it again today. Uh, I listened to the Eagles comment on it, which is how I how I'm really basing it that it was in fact the right call to make because during the game if you were watching and Tommy you know this the guys in the booth were like well I don't know that didn't look like a a great holding call and uh you know maybe the the official should just let them play at the when I saw it I thought it was a holding call I thought it was a pretty weak holding call but I did think the call was correct what'd you think yeah, it's a tough way to end it, but I, they call that call all the time, it feels like. I've seen yeah. less have uh, implications and cause penalties for that. So I, I definitely thought that it was a rough way for Philadelphia to see it. But, yeah, I mean, again, no no skin in the game, so I guess I have no emotion going into it. It's It's been called before. Yeah, uh, they the Eagles came out today and said, yeah, um, we trust the refs. I was hoping the refs would let it go. Uh, Bradbury, the guy who got called for it, he said, I was hoping the ref would let it go, but of course, he's a ref, it's a big game, and it was a hold, so they called it. Um, then he said, um, a, a reverse angle, you know, because you saw it from all the angles, but I guess today as they were looking at it again, or even last night, the officials, a reverse angle of the play showed that Bradbury had a fistful of Juju Smith-Schuster's jersey holding up his ability to break out of the route. So he had a full handful. Um, and, you know, even uh, Eagles defensive end said, the refs are going to call that, uh, make that call at the moment of the game. The coach, uh, Nick Sirianni, said, that's what they saw. That's what they called. Uh, they have to make those decisions in split-second scenarios. So it is a horrible way for that game to end. But you know, I loved. I loved immediately. There were some uh, conspiracy theorists saying, "Ah, oh, see the scripted uh, scripted play for the NFL." No, it was a it, it was a screw up. It was a screw up by the Eagles, and. Unfortunately, it cost them the game. I also agreed with I also agreed with uh, the Chiefs risking it all on that field goal and not giving Philadelphia over a minute to go to try to march downfield. Yeah, for because sure. You cannot you cannot let them have the ball, especially after they've been moving it all night. I I thought you, it was interesting that they didn't go for two the touchdown before. Yeah. So you could have gone up nine instead of going up eight. And if you don't get it, you're still up seven, right? Yeah, I, you know, I miss. I, I got to be honest. I missed that part. I, I, your math, your math is now boggling my mind. So, so they were remember. up twenty-eight, twenty-seven, right? And instead of going for two to go up nine, when they just have right, for the punt right. return, yes, okay. So they could have went for two, and they would have been up thirty-six, twenty-seven. And right. if they miss it, they would still be up by two by seven points and then it's not mm -hmm. a big deal it ended up not mattering because the eagles were able to tie the game and then they were able to milk the clock after but if you just go for two and go up by nine it's a two possession game 
Oh, right, right, right. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. But that's why I produce radio shows and not coach football games. That's why we are not coaching in the NFL. Uh, all right, look, we got to do this. We got some business, and uh, then we'll be back with the news. It's WTMJ Nights. This is WTMJ Nights. Chris Stapleton wrapping up the national anthem at the Super Bowl. We're going to talk to one of the Milwaukee dancing grannies after the news. Why? Well, because we're going to be hanging out together in New Orleans. Not just one dancing granny. I'll hang with them all. But right now we have to go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. That's where Finn Askin is hanging out. Fat Tuesday is only a week away. The big Mardi Gras weekend is coming up in New Orleans. Uh, I say that because those are places. That's a place to make happy memories. If we think back to November twenty first, twenty twenty one, in Waukesha, we are all filled with horrible memories, especially uh, the ladies of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies. But the Grannies have fought back. They've come back, and now they are heading south. For the weekend, uh, I'm joined by Jean Knutson. She is the vice president and co-leader of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies. Uh, hi, Jean. Thanks for joining me tonight. Hi. Thank you for having me. So for those who aren't really familiar, can you give us just a quick background of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies? How did you guys get together? What's, what's, the, what's the deal with you ladies? Okay, sure. Um, the group has been around since the mid-1980s. It started off as an exercise group, um, just doing aerobics and things like that. And then somebody invited them to um, participate in the South Shore Water Frolics Parade. And that was the start of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies and um, participating in parades throughout the Milwaukee County area, um, Waukesha, surrounding surrounding communities. Well, and, and I don't want to dwell on the Waukesha parade, obviously, but the tragedy there kind of led to why you are going to be in New Orleans this weekend. Um, how did how did it all come about? Because I, I buried the lead. The dancing grannies are marching with the crew of Toth on Sunday, which is one of the big daytime parades on Sunday, where I will be sitting curbside watching. How did how did the grannies and New Orleans connect so that you guys are now going to be marching in this parade? Uh, what happened was last year after the tragedy, we were um, contacted by a member of the Six Ten Stompers. Love them. Which is a which is an all male group down in New Orleans. Um, the contact Michael North, he uh, reached out to us um, before last year's Mardi Gras for 2022, wanting us to come down there and perform with them. However, after the tragedy, there were only maybe five or six of us that could have went down to perform, and we just yeah. felt that that was not a big enough group to represent the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies. So and so, did, oh, go ahead. So, so last year you said you couldn't do it, which makes a lot of sense. 
Did they come back to you, or did you reach out to them again and go, hey, we're, we're back up to strength? Uh, they kind of just left the door open, and um, we told them that we were going to um, rebuild and get more new members, and um, we asked if they would, you know, maybe consider us for 2023, and um, they made it happen. So 17, 17 dancers and five volunteers are heading down to New Orleans for Sunday's parade. It's very exciting. Have you been to Mardi Gras before? I have never been to Mardi Gras, but I am super excited. Well, it is going to be fun. Now, they I know from, uh, I was reading uh, one of the news articles from New Orleans, and they said that hey we told the uh, we told the dancing grannies that these parades are a lot longer. Have you guys uh, put in different kind of training to to get ready? Because a lot of Toth is a long parade. Correct. Uh, we've been told it's a seven and a half mile parade. Yep. We have never did anything near that long. Um, the longest we've probably did is maybe a two mile parade. Okay. However, we we have a plan in place where. Um, we're going to be performing, and then after our first segment, the first four dancers are going to step out, and they're going to take a break. And okay. then we'll do a, uh, another segment with the remaining um, 13 or 14 dancers. And then after the second segment, then the first ones that stepped out come back in, and the second segment leaders uh, take their break. Of course, okay. if, uh, if you need another break along the way or if you need um, a longer break, you don't have to come back in right away. And you guys are, are walking right behind the 610 Stompers, right? Correct. Yes, yeah, so it'll be and, the 610 Stompers with their music and then us with um, our music. Now, have they? correct me, did they come up and do the, the Waukesha Parade? No, they did not. Uh, okay. that, that too, it was too short of notice, but they have mentioned that they would like to come up here and do a parade with us. The 610 Stompers, uh, for those who have never been, they build themselves as ordinary men with extraordinary moves. And Correct. it is one of the most enjoyable groups that you can see in the parades because they're all dressed like really bad 80s coaches with tube socks and satin jackets. And it's guys of all ages, shapes, sizes, and it is it is just hilarious. So I know, and uh, Gene, they have they always have a lot of uh, people following them with refreshments. So I think you guys will be able to stay very hydrated if you choose mm -hmm. to during du during the parade. Uh, so this is is this this is the first time for you. Is has anybody else in the group been down there? Do you guys know what to expect? Have you been doing some research? Oh, we've been doing research following them and various other groups and people from New Orleans on Facebook and that. Um, I think maybe a couple of the ladies have been down there for Mardi Gras. Um, so they have told us, you know, they've, they've filled us in on what to expect. But, um, yeah, uh, it I can only imagine it's going to be something that we've never experienced in our life, but we are planning on uh, having a lot of fun, and we're very excited. 
We should have a lot of fun. It's a great time. Jean Knutson's my guest. She's a VP and co-leader of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies, who will be marching in the uh, Crew of Toth Parade Sunday in New Orleans, down St. Charles Avenue, down Canal Street, all over. Uh, they, I read also that you're going to be kind of shadowing a parade on Saturday. Is that right? Yes, we are going to be walking with the Six Ten Stompers as they perform um, in the Iris Parade, and that is um, at eleven o'clock on Saturday morning. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful all female crew. It's actually my mm-hmm. wife's favorite parade to go to. Oh, good. So Saturday morning. Well, we'll be. I'll be yelling for you as you walk by, and then okay. you can yell for me on Friday night. You have to go to the Morpheus Parade. Uh, and that's the crew I'm in, and uh, I'll be on float 13. So if you yell out WTMJ, Gene, I'll toss you and the ladies down as much as I can. Oh, perfect. Perfect. We will try and make it. Do you know what time the parade starts? Our parade starts, I think, at uh, 6 or 6.30. It's the final parade of the night uptown. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, 7 o'clock. Start the parade starts. Perfect. Yep, and Iris, you said Iris starts at eleven, which is correct, and then toss mm-hmm. starts at noon on Sunday. Are you guys flying? Are you driving? Do you have a big uh, caravan going down with you? Um, everybody is driving except two of the ladies. They are driving, and they are also taking some of our equipment down with the with them. Ah, nice. Uh, so this way, we don't have to uh, take everything on a plane. But everybody yeah. else is driving. Or I'm sorry, everybody else is flying. Well, I'm I'm very happy that the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies have rebuilt. I'm very excited for you guys to be part of Mardi Gras because that will be I think a nice way for you all to celebrate and you know, kind of a rebirth down there during Mardi Gras season and, and that might uh, that might be just what everybody in the Grannies needs. I I think you're definitely right. Yeah. And uh, all the support that we have received locally uh, within the state, the country nationally or internationally has been amazing. And uh, we'd like to thank everybody for whatever they have did for us, even the kind words of support. Well, I'll be hollering your name as you march by me on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Gene, good luck to you and all the Milwaukee dancing grannies. Have fun in Mardi Gras. It is a ball. And remember, just start screaming, throw me something, mister, and you never know what's going to fly off those floats. So have a great time. Perfect. We look forward to seeing everything and experiencing it. All right. Have a great time, time, Gene. That's Gene Knutson. She's the uh, vice president and co-leader of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies. If you happen to be in New Orleans this weekend, they will be walking in, uh, marching actually and performing on Sunday and then walking in the parade on Saturday. So they will be having a lot of fun. We're going to do this. Then we'll have some more fun. Why not? It's WTMJ Nights. It's exciting for the uh, Milwaukee Dancing Grannies to be heading down to Mardi Gras. We'll also be heading down to Mardi Gras. That is, uh, leave late tomorrow night, so I'm going to uh, miss a few shows, but I will be back next Wednesday. So between the Bucks and everything else, I think I'm missing, I think, three shows, which is unfortunate, but thank you to whoever... They've got to fill in for me. I'm not. Uh, I should have looked at the schedule. It'll so be Denise Thomas on Wednesday. Ah, very nice. Okay, so Denise will be here on Wednesday. I'll be back a week from Wednesday. 
Uh, in the meantime, I will be uh, sending Tommy inappropriate uh, FaceTimes and text messages from the parade routes. I'm okay with that. You all right? You're not going to report me to HR? No. I We have an HR. I don't know. I'm See, that's working at night. You don't know if there's an HR. You don't know if there's... Uh, you really don't know anything because there's not too many people left in the building. No, everyone's gone by the time I yeah. get here. It's, it's <laughs> kind of funny. I, I've come in at... 5.05 before, and it's pretty bare by the end of it. So if I come in at 5.30, there is no one left. Yeah, listen, I'm not disparaging anybody's work ethic, but uh, people put in a hard day, and they want to leave as soon as they can, and I don't blame them. So they're, uh, yeah, they're taking off. <laughs> um, because I've been in, yeah, I've, I've been in a little early, and things are going, but so I don't know. But I will tell you this, Tommy, if if you want to change your mind, if this changes anything, I do wear a kilt um, for all the parades. Uh, okay, yeah. So just so you, uh, you know, I don't want uh, I don't want you being shocked. I, any- I have had, I want to say my brother's been in multiple wedding parties where he's had to wear a kilt as a ah, guy right. standing up. Yeah, for sure one. I want to say it's more than one. I like it. I like the freedom. Um, I understand why ladies like wearing them. There, you get a nice breeze. Everything's comfortable. Nothing, uh, nothing too confining. So, should be, uh, should be nice. No, we'll have a good time. How are you with bail money? Do you do you help people out with bail money? Uh, I have not had to. No. All right. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see how you feel about it. No, I'm actually very. I'm. I have fun, but I am very responsible. One, because I'm an old man. I don't want to end up, I definitely do not want to end up um, locked up down there during Mardi Gras. Because then you're, it's not like getting locked up any other weekend where like the next day you get uh, get in front of a judge and they, you know, whatever. They don't, they don't open anything till Ash Wednesday. Because... Uh, Everything down there is closed. I'm sure it's very crowded in those jails that week too. So. I would imagine. I thankfully I've never been, and I have no desire or uh, plans on ever going. That's, that's content yeah. if you if you want to do it for a week. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Me sitting in the hooskow in a kilt for a week. That does. <laughs> I don't know if my wife would still Ooh. be around. <laughs> <laughs> the kilt the kilt in there would be rough. That would be a rough look. It would be a. It, it's it's not the kind of message you want to send. Right, right. Or the, I want to send. I should say I, I can't speak for everybody. Not what. Not the one I want to spend. Send. I want to. You know. I. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to send any messages in jail. I just want to stay out of jail. I. You know. I'm fun. Uh, Jeff in Fox Point wants to know the organization that I'm representing at the parade. I am in the crew of Morpheus. Uh, a crew is basically the organization that puts on the parade. And our crew is an open crew, so anybody could join. Like, Tommy, if next year you decide you want to you know, ride in a parade, you could just join the crew for a year, you pay your dues, and uh, then you're in. That's Some not bad. Crew, oh, no, this is great. That's why my, my youngest brother had joined it more than 10 years ago. And... Um, it's it's nice because we get people from you know all over the country, people who just have always wanted to be to be in a Mardi Gras parade and ride on the float and throw the beads and stuff. A lot of the older crews down there, there's waiting lists and the dues are unbelievably high 
it's you know it's very entrenched in the local community and so ours is open and we don't uh we don't do anything except put on the parade you know there's a little a little charitable giving as uh, over the year but for the most part we pay our dues our dues go to the parade they go for our costumes and um and then every rider has to buy a certain amount they don't tell you how much but you have to buy things to throw so we'll do, we can talk a little bit more about this at the end of the show. But right now we got to do this because they're business to be taken care of here on WTMJ Nights. After the news, we are uh, going to talk about the Super Bowl commercials. As we promised, Tommy came in loaded for bear with his favorites. I'll tell you my favorites. And we want to hear your favorites. Of course we do. At 855-616-1620, that's the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Uh, it's always amazing to me how fast they have the championship gear ready for the players and coaches to wear so that it drums up more excitement for us to uh, to buy it. And I'd heard rumors about this for a long time because obviously they have both teams' stuff ready to go. And where does it go? There's a whole bunch of Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl merch uh, that has to go. Well, the CEO of Good360 says the company works with the NFL for the past nine years, and they send all the gear overseas to people who need it. So it mostly goes to areas such as Africa, Asia, Eastern Europe, the Middle East. Uh, they don't they don't care who won the game. Sometimes they don't even know, but they know they need a hat or a shirt or whatever. So yes, all the all the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl. Champion champion merchandise is on its way overseas now. So if you're ever in the outback somewhere and you see somebody wearing an Eagles hat or shirt, you'll know how they got it. All right, news is next. Then there's more of WTMJ Nights. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Second hour of the big broadcast. We're here till eight. Then it's Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old, get involved. Tell us what you thought of last night's commercials. You know the. I remember when the game was the biggest thing. Uh, now it's. It could be argued that the commercials sometimes overshadow the game. Last night's game, phenomenal. So I don't think uh, the commercials could have overshadowed it, even if they were all great, which, hmm, shocker, they were not. Uh, there were some that were good, some that were bad. Uh, we had teased this last week, Tommy and I, that we were going to watch these commercials and we were going to come in and talk about them. I know Tommy is ready. Uh, I am ready. I'll just give you overall, I thought there was way too much nostalgia that it was they they banked a lot on people of a certain age who were watching the Super Bowl fondly remembering like the 80s and things like that. Uh, I also was, I'm a sucker for some of these really emotional ones, especially when it comes to dogs. Um, I was looking at the USA ad meter rankings today and they rate every commercial one to 10. They have, uh, they have panelists who watch every commercial and they rate them from 1 to 10, and then they tell you, based on that, what they thought was the best and what was the worst 
all the way down rating all. There were 51 commercials overall. Um, the one, I, I'm, maybe it's age. You know how sometimes as people start to age, they get more emotional? And uh, I think that may be happening to me, Tommy. Not all the time, but every once in a while, uh, I feel the emotions rise up. And it's never really, I should say never. It's mostly not with people. It's when animals are involved. So the commercial, it was it was either right after the game started or right before kickoff for the farmer's dog, where it was the commercial was called Forever, and it was a little girl, and she got the puppy, and the puppy was going to stay with her forever, and it went through all the different stages of her life, and she's leaving for college and crying, and there's the dog, and the dog is there. The dog is at her wedding, and then she has a baby, and they're all she and her husband and the baby and the dog are all in bed, and now the dog is very old, and oh, I was, I was a mess. I was a mess. So that one probably had the most uh, the most impact on me. But overall, just in the in the big picture, Tommy, how did you find the commercials? Uh, yeah, so I'm a huge sports fan. Love the Super Bowl. I I'm always looking forward to the game, and no matter who's playing in it. But I also love the commercials. I I always want to look at the commercials. It is the one time I am appreciative of the network commercials, and I have to say. This is one of the worst showings of the commercials I think I can remember with the Super Bowl. I, I did not find very many enjoyable. I marked a few of them down that I had a good time with, I thought were funny. Um, but I think this price increase really caused for production to go down in a lot of these companies. And it felt like, you know, they would get one commercial, whereas a lot of companies would buy up two of them or three of them every once in a while. It was if you saw one company, that was pretty much all they were going to get, with exception right. to a few of them. But, you know, it's $7 million now for a 30-second commercial to the Super Bowl. So I think that that took a big hit on the quality. And one of the – and I, I agree with that. I think one of the other things is we're used to seeing in the past a lot of commercials from Budweiser and no other beer commercials. Well, Budweiser gave up their exclusive – contract so now we saw some others we didn't really see you know there was no Clydesdale commercial there was one Budweiser commercial and the Clydesdales the Clydesdales were like on a picture in the background right so you know I want I want to see the Clydesdales you know I, I because Budweiser I'm not sure who their ad agency is used to come up with these unbelievable ones I, I don't think anybody will forget the one after 9-11 um with the Clydesdales kneeling across the river from uh, where the Twin Towers were. So they used to do great things, and there wasn't really any because there weren't that many Budweiser commercials. There was the Bush commercial. Um, with Sarah McLaughlin. Right. Yes, that and was hilarious. I thought the final line was, the, the, obviously that's the kicker line. By the way, that's a wolf. Uh, that, was, that part was very funny. Yes, I had that one marked. I, I did enjoy that one. I, I thought that uh, there was the uh, I thought the flag football commercial was a fun fun commercial for a little bit the girl flag yeah, football that one rate, that actually rated second the second best from the uh, from the ad tracker yeah had a and, couple of nice like cameos from people and fun to watch and promoted a good cause what from there uh, the was it 
Ram or General Motors with premature electrification? That was Ram trucks. Yes, that one. That one got a laugh out of me as well too. Um, and I didn't laugh at the Pringles commercial until I saw the ultrasound with the baby having the Pringles can stuck okay. on its hand. But I had to mark it just for that because that was a good one too. I got a couple other ones in here, but which ones did you like? I liked. Um, I know I shouldn't. I liked up until Jennifer Lopez came. I was liking the Duncan commercial. Okay, with ben Affleck. Okay, I liked. I liked how the people were reacting to him and that he seemed to be having. I know he's an actor, which is a whole series for Diet Pepsi, but he seemed to be having a good time. So I liked that one. I also, you know, because I'm a sap, I liked uh, the Amazon one where the dog, they got the dog during the pandemic and the dog was with them all the time and then everybody had to go back to work. And yeah, the and dog was got ripping everything up. He was tearing everything up. No matter what they did, he was tearing everything up. And, you know, they lead you down, they lead you down the track that they're going to get a, uh, a kennel for him and he's going to have to stay in the cage and oh no they bring home another puppy to keep him company and then those two are best friends and that was a good I was one like, I, I remember that one that was a good one uh i liked i liked the breaking bad popcorners one sure just because i like that and i know well no i unapologetically i like the workday rock star one yes that I'm was Oswald. also i also marked that one too with Ozzy Osbourne just sitting in a cubicle. <laughs> it's like, I'm Oswald. I was like, stop it. And it's so true. Everybody's a rock star. So when these actual rock stars were talking, I was like, okay. Um, there, I I laughed at the Miller Lite Coors Light, the high stakes beer ad when they were fighting. And, and then, then it was Blue Moon commercial. Yep. Mm -hmm. That caught me completely off guard. Somebody texted in, Doug texted in, and I agreed. The Caddyshack commercial was horrible. I did not like the uh, the Clueless throwback. I liked the, uh, I was really looking forward to the E-Trade babies coming back. Yeah, that one and was, I was weird. I was underwhelmed by the E-Trade, because they used to have, I don't know if you remember the original campaign with E-Trade, it was, it was this baby sitting in his high chair at a computer. Right, and like a webcam. About, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, and they were always really funny. And this was not. They were like, talk like, about oh. getting married and marrying. Yeah. It was like weird. It was just a weird vibe to have babies yeah. talking about that. Oh, babies talking about getting married and whatnot. No, I didn't I didn't like that. Um, I hated the Hellman's commercial. Oh, I don't with, think it remembered it that well. It didn't make my list, at least. No, with John Hamm and... Um, oh, and uh, Brie. Brie Larson. Uh, Brie Larson, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. I do remember that one. Because first of all, who says they're having a ham and brie sandwich? <laughs> Fair enough. A ham and cheese sandwich. Right. First of all. Second of all, and my buddy my buddy tweeted this, and I agreed with it 100%, uh, John Hamm is getting dangerously close to just taking any job that comes his way. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad take there. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you're absolutely right. That was that was rough." Um, let's see. Yeah, I, I also hated, and they ran it a bunch. I don't know what it was for. The shop like a millionaire at some website where they uh, where they were getting good deals on different things. I don't even remember that. Ooh, I, can't I don't remember, remember that one either. Now, yeah, and was, I missed they, that one. It, it ran about three different times. Wow, through the uh, throughout the game. 
I love Danny McBride. I hated the Downey commercial. Yep. Okay, I got that one. Uh, all right. I have to. I was confused because I'm not really. I'm not clear on. Sir, uh, I mean, I know who Venus and Serena Williams are, but I can't. T I couldn't tell if I think it was. Maybe it was Venus in both. No, it was Serena in both of those. It was Serena in both. So she was in, all right. So she was in a Michelob bed and in a uh, was it Remy Martin? Yes, what it was, was when the, she was motivational speaking yes, for that and one. I'm like, yeah. wait, she's doing two different. <coughs> they they couldn't find somebody. One of these companies didn't check that she was doing a Super Bowl commercial for another company. Right. Yep. I I saw that one. I I did laugh at. The Snoop Dogg Skechers commercial as well, <laughs> when Tony Romo was trying out with the youth football team and yeah. whipped the football, and the <laughs> kid gets flung five yards back from catching the football. That, that was one was funny. good. And when I, Snoop was like, "Are you really eight? Right, right, exactly. And then I, my most disappointing commercial has yes. to be the Gronk FanDuel commercial. That was. Uh. Awful. Oh my gosh. I mean, uh, gave us such a terrible view of it. Obviously looked fake from the entire thing, how yes. they all gathered around him and like agony from there. I, I I was very disappointed with how that one turned out. That was really the only one that I knew was coming too. I know you had said that you had seen a bunch of them on social media and whatnot before, but I did my best to kind of black out all that because right. I wanted to see everything new on the Super Bowl. And, yeah, that one, not fun. Not great. The Will Ferrell GM commercial with Netflix was also kind of fun, too, where he like, oh, turned I into a zombie. Oh, I they were trying so way too hard. I, I was just, was I, the wanted it to be, I wanted it to be good, and I, I was like, oh, there's just too much and too, yeah. Uh. There's also another new tradition now, I think, with the Super Bowl, and that is the first QR code commercial that's just solely there. Did you see yeah. that one this year? No, but I saw other ones with a QR code, and I thought to myself, I am never scanning a QR code on television. Well, when there's always one that's just the QR code, it's too much curiosity for me because okay. I, I need to know what it was about. Now, again, this one I could not access. It ended up going to like a Twitter page for some sort of NFT or something like that. Oh, but I, I know it was. They're so they're so I, I don't know engaging though. I, I think they're genius <laughs> ideas. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, a lot of people chiming in on the text. You can, too. Your your least and most favorite commercials from yesterday, 855-616-1620. Tommy and I will keep breaking them down. Uh, and just real quick, Timu was the one that I hated, the shop like a billionaire. It came in 50 out of 51. So very low. I'm not the only one who, uh, who hated it. We'll get to so much more after this. It's WTMJ Nights. We are talking Super Bowl commercials. Your favorite, your least favorite. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Let's see. From the two six two, I was amused by several ads that didn't get much publicity, including the premature electrification Dodge Ram one. Tommy, you brought that one up. Yep. The jingle auditions for Uber One, where people perform very bad covers. Yes, that was a good one as well. I, I forgot I about that one. You know who I liked? The guy who stood there behind Diddy and went, 
Diddy doesn't do jingles. <laughs> that guy cracked me up yes. every time. Yes, I, I enjoyed that commercial a lot as well. Then they were all one-hit wonders. That that was a really yes. fun one. And I I didn't recognize Diddy. The, the first one, I was like, that's not really Diddy. And then I like the second one came out, I'm like, oh, okay. But I don't know who that guy was who was standing behind him acting as his manager or whatever. He was hilarious. Um the Molson Coors ad, which pretended it was for Miller Lite and Coors Light. Yep, we talked about that one. Uh, and the the Google Pixel ad that Giannis was in, really cool. I was that one. I was fascinated by with the the Google phone, the Pixel phone, where you were taking people out of the out of the pictures and stuff. Right, right. I thought that one. I thought the product was good. The commercial, you know, eh, I didn't really care, but I. I paid attention because I really liked what was in it. Uh, the other one that got big kudos here at the Noonan House for what was in it uh, was for Dexcom. Now, you would only really be interested in this commercial if you're diabetic, and my wife is and wears a little one of those little sensors, and one of the Jonas Brothers was... <laughs> I guess he's diabetic, I hope. Or, uh, well, I don't hope somebody's diabetic, but, you know, I hope. Uh, Nick Nick Jonas, is he is diabetic, yep. Okay. So he's telling this, and my wife was, and both of us were paying rapt attention, and the commercial was over. She goes, thanks, Jonas, brother. (laughs) Okay. So that one one we got. Uh, I love the commercials weren't that good, but my favorite ones were the girl and the dog, Blinky. Uh, or oh, the girl and the dog, Blinky Dad, and Pop Corners. Yeah, that was the what was the the Blinky Dad one. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that one Blinky either. Blinky Dad. Huh. I look through the I look through the list. Uh, a lot of commercials went that good. This is from Jeff, but my favorite ones were the girl and the Blinky Blinky Dad again. All right, we got to. Uh, we gotta All check right. Well, that one out. now we're gonna have to look for it. I get that. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought mine. that the Sunday Ticket Cap video was a fun nostalgia one for me. How YouTube Sunday is now... T- it was in the very first break. It was either right before it started or the right when it was starting. Uh, the cat was playing the Sunday Ticket... Like the... Dun, dun, yes. Dun, 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 yes, 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 yes. Like on that, the piano. Okay. Yeah, so that one was like, oh, okay, that was a good starter. But I, I didn't think they got much better along the way i i we looked at this rating system you just said that they went to 10 nothing got a seven from this these people no the closest one was the uh the highest score was six and a half 6.56 that was for the farmer's dog yeah yeah and i'm not i I don't know those those sad commercials aren't what i'm looking forward to you know what i mean so i'm not usually looking forward to them either they they do they're effective, though. Sure, they resonate. Yeah, yeah. Even though, even though the second one, I couldn't remember what it was for. It was for Amazon. Somebody texted in from the four one four the dancing commercial. I did not like that. I think they mean. Do you mean the Bud Light one where they were on hold, and the girls dancing, then the boyfriend comes in with the beers. And that was dancing. that was Miles Teller, by the way. It was Miles Teller. Yep. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. It was Miles Teller. Yeah, they were dancing. I didn't care for it. You know, it's like, all right, I. There's no chance if I'm on hold, I'm miserable, and if I'm drinking beer while I'm on hold, I'm hammering them to keep my rage down. Yeah, I'm not dancing around. And you didn't decide to drink beer because you're on hold. No, no, I listen. I don't need it. I don't need a reason to drink a beer. The other one I didn't like the John Travolta T-Mobile ad. 
Yeah, that one, he was looking old in that oh, one. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad to see he finally uh, realized that we all knew he was wearing a toupee for all those years. <laughs> Jeez. And and how long ago did he first sing that Grease song? When did Grease come out? I mean, that, that's been... A long time. Speaking ago. of nostalgia, I mean, that was that was what he was going for on that, too. I also don't like that these movie companies are too cheap to show us the whole trailer. So we got to go online. They'll give us a little, uh, you know, a little teaser. I mean, I feel I like I know the whole premise of Cocaine Bear already. I, I don't know about you, but <laughs> yeah, that, yeah real, well, that one's an easy one. That, that, I think I know that movie front to back. I'm not going to need to see it, but now I really want to see it because we saw Cocaine Bear a lot. We did see Cocaine Bear, and I think all we need is the title, and we get it. Uh, but yes, once I saw the trailer, I was like, oh. Oh, so you're drug dealers and you dropped the bag and the, the bear ate the cocaine. Yep. Okay. I'm good. I that saved me eleven dollars. I don't have to go to the theater. I do wanna I did wanna go watch I did wanna go watch the um the one for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, that'll be a fun one. I could not stop laughing in a mocking way when I saw the one for um Vin Diesel for it, it's oh Fast and Furious. Right, fast With Whatever installment this mm -hmm. one is. And they're, you know, the one thing you forgot is you didn't take my car. He drives it off a of right, right. And there's rockets, and Jason Momoa is blowing things up. And He's the bad standing, guy in this one. Yeah. Standing there in his snakeskin blazer with his arms spread out like he's taking over the world. I, I thought that uh, the Jordan movie looked kind of fun. Air, I believe. It's been yeah, Affleck directed. I didn't, I didn't know we needed a movie about that, but I'm. I agree with you. It looked it looked interesting. Uh, I have no I have no curiosity about the Indiana Jones one oh. unless it's Indiana Jones in the assisted living center. Right? Because come on, really? It's he's he was eighty when they filmed this. So <laughs> they did you see them CGI him though? They made him younger in there. Yes, I I'm looking at one of the stills now, and I'm like, that's not Harrison Ford. Can't possibly be Harrison Ford. All right, we better do this because it's almost news time. WTMJ. Sleep tonight when I can stay up thinking about you. And you know I always do. Don't go to sleep. We're still here for another half hour on the other side of the news. A lot of commercials about nostalgia, and now a big nostalgia hit. If you grew up in the 90s and watched any sort of children's television, Talk about that, but right now it's time to go to the WTMJ 24 hour news center. That's where Finn Askin is waiting. There it is. WTMJ Nights here till 8 o'clock. Then it's Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. Jamming just a little bit. What is this? Uh, what is this cool jam that you're pumping out, Tommy? Uh, this is called "Lately," and I forget the artist now. I can verify that in one minute. That's all right. Take uh, take a minute five. Whatever you need to do. I'm all right. That is. Uh, I like that. That was kind of nice. Uh, we're mentioning that a lot of the um, a lot of the commercials dealt with nostalgia. We uh, we went back to see Clueless. We had. Uh, we had John Travolta redoing, you know, his uh, Grease song. We had uh, Steve Martin, who I thought was good in his Pepsi commercial. Um, and 
nostalgia is easy, right? We always, we always like to go back to times that were comfortable. And a lot of times when it comes to Hollywood and things like that, we say that, you know, nostalgia is fine. It's because people don't have any original ideas. Well, if you were, if you are a millennial, and if you were a child during from 1992 to 2010, there is a very good chance that you watched a certain purple dinosaur. And this song that I know Tommy didn't know I was going to ask him to play right now, but he I know he has it ready, that this song echoed not only through your head, but it was an earworm for your parents, and they could not get rid of it. I screwed Tommy. I love you. I was on the wrong page. We're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? <laughs> I love you. You love me. We're best friends. Did you watch Barney, Tommy? A little bit. Right now, people are. Anybody who was a parent of a child during that time is having uh, some sort of flashback. They're being triggered, as the kids like to say, just by hearing this song. Because, yes, Barney was everywhere. Uh, I'm grateful that my daughter was born. Well, she was born in this, in this time period. Barney had been on for a while before she was born. And uh, she never really got into Barney that much. So I didn't have to hear it. But my question for you, and then I'll give you the news about Barney, which I'm sure you already have gleaned from this. As you think back, since we're, since we're talking a little nostalgia, your favorite childhood television show. The one, that, and this was an age before there were iPads and stuff, and you had to sit in front of the TV for the most part and watch. 855-616-1620, it's the old National Bank talking text line. Yes, Mattel is bringing back Barney. Um, you remember the purple dinosaur, the young children running around? Uh, not only will he be, he be back on TV, he will be back on the store shelves because... Duh, it's Mattel. They're making toys. So the Barney and Friends show was the purple T-Rex. It was on PBS in the U.S. from 1992 to 2010. Today, Mattel said that the new show will be animated, so there will not be somebody in a Barney suit making you feel creepy about having little kids near them. No, it will be an animated dinosaur with big green eyes. They're very excited that now that, uh, now that Barney's a cartoon, he can have big green eyes. They have no specific news to announce about whether the Barney show will be on PBS, but they did say that the company has confirmed streaming and broadcast partners that they'll be announcing later in the year. The new franchise will include, of course, TV, film, and uh, Google-owned YouTube, con YouTube content, as well as music, a vast array of merchandising, really, duh, again, and toys, clothing, books. It's all from Mattel. They're working, um, Mattel Studios is working with a company owned by a Canadian media company to produce the new series. They're trying to properly reflect the world that kids today live in so that the series can deliver meaningful lessons about navigating it. Oh, boy. I can't wait till Tucker Carlson hears about this one. How long before he starts screaming that Barney is woke now? 
over Wait, under so over long? under one episode. I wow, maybe right. a half an episode. Yeah, I gotta take. I gotta take that he is going to. Uh, he's gonna. I'm gonna take the under on that, Tommy. Yeah, it's I think as soon as there's a uh, press release, guaranteed. or any sort of trailer, he'll be on it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That they'll turn it into that. Well, that's because you know now he's got to go back to yelling about the M and M's, which we didn't even talk about the M M&M and M commercial, yeah. which I called from the very beginning. Yep. Uh, that was horrific. Terrible. But uh, then at the at the end, the M and M's came back. Yeah, so that, I mean, manias. Okay, sure. It was so awful. Yeah, chocolate covered clam bits. Pass. Gr- gross. <laughs> it is gross. It was gross. The only part I liked was when the two M and M's popped out in the back with a sign that said "Help." <laughs> that was kind of funny, but. A lot of people missed it because there was so much going on with the oh oh that was just a horrible horrible move by uh, by them. But back to Barney, yeah. So Barney is Barney's going to deal with he might deal with real life uh, real life issues and talk to kids about how to navigate their way through the world and people will you know well people will be upset. They said we're going to tap into nostalgia of generations who grew up with Barney, now parents themselves, and introduce the iconic purple dinosaur to a new generation of kids and families around the world across content. So there you go. That oh would be that would be weird if you watched Barney and now you watch the reboot of Barney, right? No. I that you, they're shooting for you cuz someday you you know, you may be a dad. So you watched it as a kid and no, I don't think it'd be. I, I mean, it'd be weird if you know you were drunk watching Barney, okay, the reboot or right. the original. Like if you were just sitting at home alone after a day of work, you know, bottle of schnapps on your lap, and you're just watching Barney. I I'm curious to see how they're going to take this. I guess then, other than just clean up and everybody do your share. Oh yeah, it's there'll be I'm you know there'll probably be a bullying. A little bullying talk. Um, I remember Sesame Street was dabbling in stuff like this for a little bit. Like they had a very wild episode or controversial episode about incarcerated parents at a time, and it was like a really high percentage of kids have had a yeah. parent, you know, incarcerated. You know, maybe not very high majority or anything, but it's like ten percent or fifteen percent or something like that so they had an episode about it and that caught a lot of backlash at the time well Sesame Street was always very socially conscious and they would have they would have episodes like the one you described they always brought in um, characters who were uh, you know different color or different uh, physical abilities or and everybody everybody was introduced because their message was that you know the neighborhood was filled with all kinds of people, and everybody could be friends. And they they talked about that kind of stuff. So, but Barney, you're right, Barney. Well, I shouldn't say. What did Barney cover? What was a heavy topic on Barney, Tommy? If you remember, I, like I said, I remember it being. You know, I remember the cleanup song. That's like the first thing I think of with Barney. And you know, it, I guess you know, don't be rude. In a sense, was how it was going. Maybe we do need Barney okay. for adults. Uh, uh, now that I yeah, think maybe about we do it, need so Barney yeah. To come back. <laughs> and you know what? If you want, listen. It's it's obviously going to be aimed at kids, but they're thinking, well, if if you're a kid who watched and now you have kids, 
you're back in. And we'll mo- listen, Tommy. I'll monitor your intake. If I if you, I think you need a Barney intervention, I'll step in and go. Hey, you know what? Maybe watch a grown up show. Sure, I'll, I'll watch Maybe the first watch one for the NA. show. I'll, I'll watch yeah. the first one for the show and then figure it out from there. And then watch a couple just for fun. Right. The first season, then, I meant. It's not just the first episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And then just watch an adult-themed program just to break it up. And then Breaking so Bad right after. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Breaking Bad. That would be good. From the 262, my daughter's 30, and she loved Barney, and it made a great occasional babysitter. Sure. I personally like the short-lived 60s show called Spencer's Pilots, where two good guys, chartered cargo pilots, frequently lost business to an unscrupulous rival firm that always broke the rules and regulations, and the good guys had to save the day and get the job done safely for the clients. Huh. I don't... I... Well, yeah, by the time I was old enough to watch TV, it wasn't the 60s, so... But I don't remember hearing about that one. I, you know, I watched in the morning. Being from Chicago in the morning, I watched Ray Rayner, and he was a kids host who was this guy who came out in, the, in like a jumpsuit. He wasn't trying to do a character. He was just Ray, and he had uh, Chelveston the duck would come out, a real duck, and you know, cause havoc on the set. And then there was Cuddly Dudley, this big orange dog that Ray would go talk to once in a while. Um, and he would try to do art projects. And the joke was that he was horrible, legit horrible at doing these art projects. So they'd have the one on display. This is what we're going to make today. It's an angel for your Christmas tree. And it was beautiful. And then Ray's trying to make it. And glue is leaking out all over. And the face looks like the angel had a stroke. And it was just, it was unbelievable. But every kid watched it. And he had post-it notes all over his jumpsuit. Like with the weather and this or that or little messages. And he'd pull out. And that was what you had to watch if you wanted to find out if you had a snow day. Because Ray was all over the snow. If there was, you know, if there was a storm and you weren't going to have school, you had to watch Ray Rayner. And then, of course, it was Bozo Circus at uh, in the afternoon at lunchtime. So Bozo was on at noon, and those were the those were the the shows of my youth, you know. And that was also back when Saturday morning was for cartoons, and not cartoons about products that you, you could buy. You know, there were commercials, but there were, you know, the cartoons like Hong Kong Fooey and uh, Magilla Gorilla and all those, the classic cartoons. How old do I sound to you right now, Tommy? I, I actually dabbled a little bit in older cartoons, I guess, when I was younger. I had this channel called Boomerang. Not sure if you're familiar with that, but I'm not. Uh, it had a lot of old timey cartoons that's where you know the Tom and Jerry the Looney Tunes would be okay big fan of wacky racers if you know I love that. the wacky racers yes yeah. big fan of wacky racers always showing whoever would win at the end of the show too i i had a fun time with that one uh, a, a lot of my other childhood tv shows were more the live action nickelodeon stages uh with okay uh, that's kind of where i remember but then it turns out, like, some of the people on that show and those shows aren't great people, so I don't even want to mention those ones. So, <laughs> I, uh, I love the Wacky Racers, and is it wrong to say uh, Penelope Purebred? Was that her name? I do remember you know? Penelope, yes. Yeah, I had a little thing. I, I loved Muttley, too. Dick Dastardly's dog, Muttley. Yep, yep. Because he always, like, 
Right. Whatever his at crazy him. little laugh. They had their own he, show I, too, right? Yes. 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 And all of those were they were classics. Just and it was just fun. And I don't know. I'm sure they snuck in a couple jokes for the adults. The old that went over the kids' heads. All that too. Oh yes, yeah, Scooby Doo, Top Cat. Um, but yeah, all of it. Now I'm now I'm starting to go down a, uh, a rabbit hole like those creepy commercials yesterday with the rabbit and the rabbit speed race. I every day after school I loved me some speed racing. Yep, yep. With Racer X, Captain Kangaroo was always good in the morning with Mister Green Jeans. Uh, the stra- the strangest haircut in the world for a grown man, uh, Captain Kangaroo, and the ABC after school specials, which launched so many careers of young actors. There was just uh, just a thing for some I don't know for some reason my mom uh, signed us up for a, pers- a subscription to People magazine. I think she was getting a magazine, and it was one of those things where if you know. Oh, sign somebody else up. So all of a sudden we started getting People Magazine. And then my mom goes, did you like the People Magazine? And I was like, oh, you you signed us up? Yeah. Anyway, there was an article in, I don't know, last week, the week before, about all these people who got their starts in after-school specials and their first roles. And there were some big names, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Helen Hunt. Um, there were, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of young actors. Rob Selena Lowe. Gomez and Demi Lovato came from Barney. Oh, they came from Barney? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, both of them were on Barney. Wow. That is that is wild. Uh beep beep, somebody likes the Roadrunner. Who doesn't like the Roadrunner? And if you don't if you don't uh you know if you don't have a little respect in your mouth for Wiley Coyote, I don't want to talk to you. You're 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 not a real person. All right, we holy cow, the time is flying. We gotta do some business, Tommy. You know you know we gotta do some business. And yet you let me keep yammering. I'm just going to blame you. I was having Throw fun. Throw you under the bus. I was having fun. I know. We, right. hey, listen, we're all having a good time. We'll make it work. We do I this. always make it work. You do make it work. You're a, you're a genius with the math and timing and producing WTMG Nights. Every minute and every hour, I miss you, I miss you, I miss you more. Oh, thank you, Tommy. Are you saying that because I'm uh, heading down to Mardi Gras and I won't be here until next week? Right, and you won't be able to cross-talk with Justin Garcia anymore. I will not be able to cross-talk with Justin Garcia, which makes me sad. Uh, Justin, of course, is going to be hosting Bucks Weekly after the news. Uh, I know you'll be talking Bucks, but you want to go back? What did you think of the game last night, Justin? Well, wait, for... Ever? You won't be able to cross-talk with me ever again? What is this? No, just not till next week. Okay. Uh, that's no, better. No, we'll cross-talk next, um, we'll cross next week. Tommy likes to, Tommy likes to be dramatic. Uh, yeah, I, He's like one of those dog commercials at the Super Bowl that he wants to make us cry. I've picked up on that. So I would um, <laughs> imagine you're talking about the Super Bowl. I The Super Bowl, yes, the I, Super Bowl. So I told this to Tommy, and I don't think he believes me. I did not watch a single second of the Super Bowl yesterday. Really? Yeah. Now, was it a uh, like a militant stance, or no, you were just doing other I, things? So, um, my interest in football has waned through the years, and a lot of that is during the okay. Buck season. I'm obviously very busy with basketball, sure. and year after year after year, I've just had less and less interest in it. And yesterday, uh, I got home from a quick little getaway, and just started watching TV. I knew the Super Bowl was that day. I wasn't totally in the cloud and like, oh, I'm boycotting this, but I, I just did other stuff. 
Now, if if the Packers were in it, would you have been more inclined to watch? I would have watched it. Yeah, I, I would have paid attention to it. I I probably would have gone to a party if it was the Packers uh, that were in okay. it. But um, that's the other part is uh, I've. I've kept up with the Packers this year, but I am by no means as uh, plugged in as I've been in the past. And right at that point, you're well, kind like of just like, said, "Well, I'm kind of out on it." You, like you said, your your focus is the Bucks during the Bucks season. You got you know, you got a lot going on. So I can see, especially when it's teams you don't really. I was surprised that I watched the entire game because I thought, "All right, I'll check in and you know we'll see it," but. Uh, I knew we were talking about the commercials, so I was like, I better watch the commercials. And then the game ended up being pretty exciting. It was. I mean, from what I've I've seen, it was pretty exciting. And I heard the two of you talking about it earlier, and I heard you mentioning what you were also watching uh, yesterday, and I was a little afraid you were going to give some spoilers for Season 2 of Your Honor, so I had to dip out. No, no, no. Oh, no, I'm not. I don't give the spoilers. I watch it. It's a great show, and I'm not going to... yeah, if you haven't seen last night's episode, you're going to like it. I have not. Okay. And, you know, me saying cannoli gives nothing away. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, listen, now you're back. You talk about uh, the Bucks, Bucks Weekly coming up. Great to talk to you. Don't believe Tommy's hype. We will cross talk again. This is uh, just, I'm going to Mardi Gras, so I will be missing a couple shows, but I will be back next week. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being part of the show. Tommy, thank you as always. Justin, great to talk to you. Justin, coming up on Bucks Weekly after the news. Have a great night. It's WTMJ.